Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team effectively, and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders. I'm a leadership coach, a mom of three, a coffee lover, and a travel enthusiast. Stick around, because in this show, you'll learn how to think, communicate, and act to become a confident, high-performing leader people love to work with. Let's go. What got you here won't get you there. That's a famous quote by Marshall Goldsmith, author, speaker, thought leader in the leadership development and coaching space. And it's so spot on, especially for anyone who is transitioning from an IC, an individual contributor role, into their first manager role. When you start that job as a leader for the first time in an official leadership role, it's kind of like having a cold start in a car. And what I want to talk about today on this podcast are the four shifts that you got to go through in order to be a leader who runs on all cylinders. Now, these shifts are in the following four domains. One, strategy and vision. Two, accountability. Three, performance. And four, execution. All those domains are changing. And one of the big issues that I see with so many new managers who jump into their leadership role eager to perform and fueled by their ambition and by their confidence from past successes, and then they fall flat or they struggle and are stressed out or feel overwhelmed because they didn't realize how much of a shift this is. In fact, I believe this is the biggest shift in anyone's career because up until the point that you take on an official leadership role, we've been all primed and trained to think about our own deliverables, our own successes, our own accomplishments. And in that moment that you're shifting, just like being an individual who then becomes a parent for the first time, and all of a sudden we take a back seat and so much of our lives is now about our kids. It's a similar transformation that needs to happen when you're stepping into your first leadership role. So getting proper training and support and guidance is key. And you might have heard me say this, according to a number of different research and studies that have been conducted, we see that 40 to 60%, depending on the source, of new managers fail within their first two years on the job. The reason is not that those managers aren't capable or that the employees were too difficult. It was that these managers weren't set up for success. They didn't get the support and the training they needed in order to learn these new skill sets, in order to transition from an being an expert leader to being a people leader. Huge transition, a lot of different shifts happening. And I want to talk about four critical shifts that managers have to go through when they first transition into their leadership role. Are you ready? I hope you got some pen and paper or something in front of you to take some notes as we go through this. Okay, so the first one is in the domain of strategy and vision. 
The shift here is to move from receiving a strategy and vision, sort of it being provided to you as an IC, to now being the one who has to give and communicate the strategy and the vision. For people who are very task-focused and result-focused, this transition can be quite challenging because they're so used to being the ones who deliver, the ones who create, the ones who complete tasks, that the idea of taking a step back, not doing anything that's on your to-do list, but simply to plan out the next month, the next quarter, maybe even the next year, to map out where are we going as a team? What kind of resources and tools do we need in order to get there? What's the strategy that we need to implement? And how do I then communicate and bring on board my team? How do I even brainstorm on some of these aspects with my team? How do I share this out with my peers? And with how do I get buy-in from my manager? And when and how do I involve people in that strategic planning process? These are the things that you got to figure out when you're a new manager. And especially if you're trying to climb the ranks from here on out, because one of those big criteria that will get you ready for the next promotion will be your impact on a more strategic level and that those people superior to you or in the org structure see that you have that you're mastering the team leadership and have the extra capacity to help the company or the department or the broader team think through their strategy and plan it out or be involved in strategic projects beyond your immediate team leadership. That will get you to the next level. For now, this first transition is about embracing the fact that you're no longer being given the strategy and the vision, but you have to be the active driver. So a pitfall that I see managers step into here is that they still continue to look to their managers and they think, well, my team is too small or my manager doesn't have a vision or a strategy. So why should I and how could I? And so they point the finger at other people or they continue to depend on other people. But your employees are now looking to you for that strategy and that vision. They're not looking to your manager's manager. Maybe if they see that the whole department doesn't have a strategy or a vision, they give you some slack, but they're still looking to you to clarify this and to work with what you can't control and make the best out of it, which likely means to at least define the strategy and the vision for the part that you're responsible for, you and your team's domain. That is shift number one. The second shift is in the domain of accountability and I'm going to include responsibility here too. And this is where you're moving from asking for it to owning it. So now you are responsible for the things that are happening on your team and you have to assign accountability to other people. You have to own accountability for yourself. You're not asking to be held accountable by anyone else. Instead, you personally own the accountability. You're responsible yourself. This has a lot to do with self-leadership and ownership in the way that you work and then the way that you run your team. 
And now one of the mistakes to look out for here is to let things slip. New managers often feel a bit uncomfortable with owning that responsibility and accountability and not addressing accountability issues or challenges with other people to let things slip or maybe to be unclear. This may feel a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more soft, a little bit more casual in the beginning, but this will bite you in the tail down the road if your expectations unclear and who's accountable for what. And then you're encouraging this kind of accountability and you personally are leading yourself really well to not only deliver and follow through on your own commitments, meaning practicing high degree of integrity, but also to stand up and, and address accountability issues with other people. Again, moving on to shift number three. This shift is in the domain of performance. And what I mean here is how you actually do things. So in the past, and actually all the way through life, up until the moment that you become a leader in, in the workplace or in an, any official leadership role, you've probably been the one that if asked the question, you're giving an answer, right? So in school, very much learn this idea. Someone asks the questions, we want to give the correct answer. Then in the workplace, as an individual contributor, as an IC, this actually works pretty well because people look to you for your expertise. So they're asking a question and you're giving the answer. If you do this well, you're becoming the go-to person, which likely makes you the expert leader, which then also is likely what makes you be the one who gets nominated for a promotion or gets you into that first leadership role, uh, either within the organization that you used to work at or in any other organization, because you performed well as an IC. But here is this big change that's happening now that you're in a leadership role. It is a lot less about giving answers and a lot more about asking questions first. So you're moving from giving advice to coaching. Very different because if you're a manager who answers questions with advice as your default response, so question asked and you give a response back right away without asking them a question first in terms of how you interact with people on your team, you can be a good leader, but it's not what's going to make you be a great leader people love to work for. A great leader people love to work for is a leader who challenges and supports and guides employees to think through the problems themselves. So as the coach-like leader, you would ask questions back. First, you get really curious. You want to understand what's the actual problem. You want them to first do some thinking about what do they already know, what they have already tried, um, what is their best guess, what resources they could consult, what risks they do anticipate, and the list of questions goes on and on. But your default response should no longer be an answer. Instead, your default response to any question should be a question back. That's one of the aspects that gets you from being a good manager to becoming a great leader people love to work for. And now the last shift is in the domain of execution. And while this one is sort of intellectually speaking, fairly easy to understand, but from an implementation standpoint, this is a tough one because it means that you have to really change and get a little uncomfortable along the way because it's new and our brains don't like new. Our brains think and are wired to protect you and may help sure that you survive. And so 
when you do the things that you've done in the past, your brain knows that that's what kept you alive. And so it wants to keep you safe in the future. And it's going to ask you and give you all kinds of reasons why you should keep doing what you've done in the past. So our own brains get in the way of change. And this last one, inner domain of execution, is one way that we get into our own ways because of our beliefs and because of all the reasons our brains are wired for us to stay the same. I hope you're intrigued to hear what kind of change or shift uh, I'm talking about. So this shift in the domain of execution is about moving from being a doer to becoming an influencer. And don't get me wrong, you will always be a doer as well. But the degree to which you do things and the degree to which you influence other people and you help them do things will have to drastically change. So while you're likely a 90 to 100% of a doer as an IC in a leadership role, depending on your responsibilities and the size of the team, your aim is to move into a place where you're maybe a 40 to 60% doer and then therefore a 40 to 60% influencer. So shifting from doing to influencing is what this is all about. And I said that intellectually speaking, you probably get this, right? You have to do less and delegate more. You have to influence more and support others more than you have to actually go through your to-do list. But as I said, this is a challenging one because what made you feel good as a IC is probably getting stuff scratched off your to-do list, giving answers, going through your emails, uh, responding to requests and delivering a good work product. And so now taking a step back and coaching someone for an hour or delegating work seems to be more cumbersome than just to do it yourself, right? It seems to take longer and you don't have the time. It seems to be harder. And then on top of that, it feels like you're losing control and the quality of the end product isn't as good. And, and then you're putting your butt on the line. Your reputation is at stake. So all of that just seems like a lose-lose situation. No one's winning here. The employee is challenged and struggling. I am having a hard time letting go. The quality of the outcome is not as good as if I'd done it before. It takes a lot more time for everyone involved. So why do it? Yeah, I get it. it those all sound like reasonable arguments to not delegate and to hold on and for you to be a doer. But it is a very short-sighted perspective. Because in the long term, you will stay stuck with that approach. You will not be able to elevate. Your team members will not be able to grow and you're not growing and therefore your team members aren't growing, which then leads to turnover and you're going to have new people join all the time, which even makes it harder to delegate because you have to build them up first and they don't have the context. And so you keep hanging on. And I see leaders who have been leading for years still stuck at that stage where they're too much in the weeds, too much involved and, and holding the strings too tightly. They're not ready to let go. They experience high turnover, which it reinforces sort of this vicious cycle. The answer to this is, and so stick, sticking with that car analogy of moving from cold start to running on all cylinders, the accelerator here or the catalyst is 
to delegate even when it feels uncomfortable, to take a step back and to influence a lot more and coach others more, support them from the background, but let other people own the problem and the solution, even if that is really hard and time-consuming and challenging in the moment. That is the solution and a way to fast track your growth and the growth of the people on the team. So I hope you took good notes and you could recall the four shifts without me going through it. But just in case you need a reminder. The first one was in the domain of strategy and vision. From receiving it to giving it. The second one was in the domain of accountability and responsibility. From asking for it to now owning it. The third one was in the domain of performance, from moving from advice giving to coaching and asking questions. And the fourth one was in the domain of execution, moving from being the doer to being a lot more of an influence. So shifting that scale and how much of your responsibility do you allocate to influencing and supporting others versus you're actually doing. So these are four out of several critical shifts you've got to go through when you move from an IC into a leadership role and you want to become a leader people love to work for. There are more shifts to this. I cover all those in the Leadership Accelerator, my program that's specifically designed to help new managers set themselves and their teams up for success. If you're interested, head on over to RamonaShaw.com forward slash leadership dash accelerator. And of course... I'll add the link to the show notes. Check it out. And if you're even just a little bit curious whether or not this could be a good fit for you, then schedule a call with me. You'll find the link on the website, RamonaShaw.com forward slash leadership dash accelerator. And the two of us will meet, connect and talk through your current situation. And I will tell you whether or not this is a good fit. And if not, I will give you directions on where to go next. I hope you get to chat and I get to know you a little bit better. But in the meantime, this is what I got for you today. And I'll see you next week in another episode of the Manager Track Podcast. If you love this show, then you love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.